I'm ready, Shane. Go ahead. Ready? Three, two, one. Wrapping up our Sports Medicine Weekly Hour here on 670 The Score, Steve Cashel, Dr. Brian Cole. Dr. Cole, what is a placebo? A placebo is the use of some modality or treatment that has no formal medical reason to make or have an effect. So it's, it's a fascinating area of science. We've been involved with a lot of research related to placebo controls and placebo trials. Like I'll give you a great example. There was a very well done study. Now I wouldn't say very well done. It had its flaws, but there was a very well known study that took patients in a VA hospital system and said, hey, we're going to make two sham incisions in your knee, meaning two little incisions, one centimeter, but we're not going to put the camera in uh, to treat your arthritis or meniscal tear. And then we're going to take another group and we're going to actually put the camera in and do something. And they showed no difference. Now, hmm. the problem with that study was that the conclusion was, well, that means arthroscopy for meniscal tears and arthritis has no value. Right. There was a lot of nuances to it. But the point is that the placebo effect is very, very real. We recently published an article looking at all the clinical trials that have investigated these fancy new techniques to treat symptomatic arthritis of the knee. And what we found is that most studies will use salt water or saline as a control group, meaning let's look at steroids or let's look at PRP or stem cells and compare it to salt water and see if there's a difference in the outcomes. And what was fascinating is the vast majority of these studies showed that the patients who received salt water responded at the same frequency and also at the same magnitude of change compared to the thing that was being investigated. So it raises a lot of questions. In fact, I actually think physicians have placebo effects, depending on how you relate with your patients, you know. So it's a measurable phenomenon. It's something that is a subject of really intense research, and it probably has some biologic underpinning. In other words, there's probably, you could take something that has no real medical value, but it induces your body, for example, to release endorphins, your natural pain-mediating sure. substances. Mm -hmm. You know, so the event or the treatment effect, the environment, what you're doing actually induces something biologically to happen. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, you know, the other area where it's interesting is we do a lot of uh, uh, equine or animal research with horses and so forth. And you would think, well, that's a great environment because you could do studies to see if something really works and there's no placebo effect, right? There actually is a placebo effect even in the animal world. We've learned that the trainers will treat the animals differently after they've had treatment. Right, so wow. that they respond, so that there's a belief that there actually is a placebo response based upon how the animals are treated if they're getting a, a treatment. Because there's a ton of stem cell research in treating symptomatic racehorses. In fact, we ought to do a segment on uh, racehorses on our show. We will. And then we, I'd love to do that. So does that does that make sense? Yeah. What so you're suggesting then that our mind can play an important role in healing our body or in staying healthy, maybe in the first place. Oh, I think both are very true. Yeah. I mean, you know, I tend, I, I tend to be one of those people who sort of takes a more holistic approach to managing people and how you deliver care, even if it requires some intervention, how you deliver it, if it's rounded out in the proper ways, I think you can optimize how a patient does. You know, for example, surgery is not just the technical act of getting something done. Uh, it's not a, you know, I'm treating this meniscus tear. It's a patient. It's a human being with a meniscal tear. So there's a lot of variables that go into managing a patient and the whole experience. And it's, so much more complicated than what it takes to put a camera in a joint and take care of the problem. I'm also reading this. It's interesting in this article in front of me here that uh, fake oxygen given to someone at altitude has been shown to cut levels of neurotransmitters called 
prostaglandins. Prostaglandins, yeah. Yeah, which dilate blood vessels, among other things, responsible for many of the symptoms of altitude sickness. That's fascinating. Well, yeah, so it just shows you that you can... So a patient thinks they're getting something real. Yeah. They have this expectation bias, if you will, that something's going to happen. Already in their mind. Right, and it indeed triggers a, bio, a positive biologic or physiologic response. That's all real stuff. Like, that's medicine that doesn't use medicine, right? And therefore, you spare someone of the side effects, potential downside of, of using real treatment. So big, big believer. Well, and Dr. Cole, it goes to as simple as this. A guy tears an ACL and he says, my career's over. And you say, no, you know what? You're going to be fine. And all of a yeah. sudden, I mean, you can fix the mentality of that player right there saying, you know, Dr. Cole told me I'm going to be fine. I believe that now. There's no question that that's a big, you know, that's another side of it is managing the acutely injured patient where their entire subsistence, if you will, is based on um, their ability to perform, right? And helping them understand that there's a way out. So that's why one of the reasons I love taking care of adolescents and young athletes because that's my favorite part of the conversation because there's so, I mean, the amount of tears that go on in my office, you would be, if you spent a day in the office and saw it, you'd be blown away. You know, these are People young. crying, you mean? Yeah, this is yeah. an awful situation. I mean, especially if they didn't know, they're thinking maybe that it's something significant. And, you know, you say, well, look, you know, I, you know, your MRI or my physical exam or your story is consistent with an ACL tear. And the next thing I say is, look, you have to understand your career is not over. You're going to play again with a more than 95% certainty. And what's more, you might actually be better at your sport than you were before you had your injury because you're going to do things in rehab that are going to make you jump higher, run faster, and be more athletic and prevent another injury the rest of your life. And you help them understand that there's a way out, that it's not just hope. It's actually real expectation they're going to do well. Same thing, Tommy John problem in the elbow. I was know? just ready to bring yeah. up Tommy John surgery, yeah. Yeah. I mean, which is know. that misconception. I've talked with it some, right. the other day, the guy on the golf course. Sure. I said, you know, we were interviewing uh, Dr. Um, that was uh, Dr. Nicholson's uh, interview. Yep, yeah, yep. Also with Dr. James Andrews. Yeah, and I said, Jimmy what's Andrews, the youngest yeah. patient Or actually you've Dr. Cohn, Mark Cohn, yeah. With Dr. Andrews as well. What's the youngest you've ever done Tommy John surgery? He said nine years old. But some parents are going and saying, do Tommy John surgery on my son, sure. even though there's no, there's no treatment needed, yeah. right? Well, There's nothing wrong well, with no, them I mean, they're going to gain velocity. Yeah. yeah, just to clarify, you know, the, the, the issue with that is that those who end up getting a Tommy John surgery have often suffered with disability in their sport, right, for about a year or so. They're not performing well. So then the, the final, the straw breaks, you know, the straw breaks, they tear the ligament. They were already suffering with long-standing problems, but then there's some, there's some participating, pre- precipitating event where it tears. They get a fix, and a year later they're throwing better. That's because they basically were sucking wind the year they were you know, injured, right, and they yeah. just didn't know it. So it's a myth to say, well, just do the Tommy John. I'll be a better pitcher uh, or a thrower. Stay away from that. Yeah, it's just you know, it's, it's insane. All right, so. we're out of time. Great job, Dr. Brian Klom, Steve Cashel, our producer for this our, as always, Shane Reardon, coordinating producer, Teresa Ann Seeger. Many thanks to David Cole for managing our business operations, Samantha Smith from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Coming up next here on 670 The Score, Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine. Talk to you next week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Sports Medicine Weekly. On 670 The Score. Um, Thomas just emailed me. I think we should, can we do his interview? Thomas. All right. Alan? Yeah. What number should he call? His phone's dead. Surprise, surprise. His phone is dead. He tell me there's not 6,000 chargers in the White Sox locker room. What? Nothing. 312? They win him? I don't know. Yep. 240? Have you ever met his son, Brian? Yeah. Alec? Yeah. 2568.
312-240-2568.